This is Issues 2021. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Jamie Reed, Director of Communications, Starkey, Inc. Hey, welcome to Issues 2021. Thank you so much, Steve. You know, some of our listeners may not be familiar with Starkey, and that's one of the reasons we're here to uh, fill in uh, the informational gap, if there is one. What is Starkey? Give us a basic on this. Sure. Well, Starkey has been in our Wichita community for many, many years. We actually were founded in 1930. What we do is we provide uh, programs and services for people with developmental and intellectual disabilities. Uh, In the best terms, that means we help them to work, to live more independently, to engage with their community, volunteer, uh, basically take the next step in their lives. All right. Now, you started out with a little history there. Can you fill us in a little bit more on, on the history? How, how did it start? Where did the, where did the idea of the concept come from? You know, it's such an interesting history, and we're still going through our archives and trying to discover more of the story, but Hattie Starkey, that's where we get our name, um, was a, a public school teacher. And, of course, in 1930, services didn't really exist for uh, children who had developmental disabilities. And so the story goes that she saw that they were not receiving what they needed in a typical classroom, and she actually started a school in her home at her dining room table. Um, And, you know, two students came initially to her school, and then, of course, other parents heard about this great opportunity, and at some point, uh, she had as many as 40 students in her home. So uh, a permanent school building was built over here on Young Street. That's one of our locations even yet today. And many who grew up in Wichita may be familiar with the Starkey School on Young Street. It was actually a special purpose school until public schools took over uh, special education in the 1970s. Again, this is, you're located on the west side then uh, on Young Street. We are, yeah, actually our main building at 4500 West Maple, and people have gotten to know us through that uh, building and the work that we do there, but we're kind of a campus feel over here on the west side. Yeah, I was going to say, you have more than one one building, right? Oh, yes, oh, yes, and many homes. Um, That's something that I don't think... Hattie Starkey could have dreamed uh, in the early days is that people would actually be able to live more independently in the community. And so um, that has really grown since the 1970s. We have 40 different homes in Wichita and two apartment buildings um, that provide the staff support for people to live and um, have the lifestyle that they choose. Now, we talk about the building on Maple. That's a a fairly, I say, new building. It, it, uh, how old? How long has that building been there? The- it feels new. Yeah, but, but, uh, it was actually built in the nineties, and okay. so we have uh, recently had some construction uh, of a building that has grown our campus and grown our space for people who take part in our in our programs. But the Maple Building, the one that we're talking about, um, is where people bring contract work to us. They come to recycle their electronics. They come to visit, um, 
get the health services that they need for the people that we serve. Lots of different functions there. Built on, and I say a building built in the 90s to me is a new building. That's I know. I've been around a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I've been here that long, too. It does feel new. I Amy, agree. <laughs> uh, how many people actually receive services from Starkey? Um, currently, we are right around 450 people that we serve. Okay, and uh, how long can a person actually uh, receive your services? You know, um, once they choose Starkey and they uh, are part of a program here, they can receive services from us um, for the extent of their lives. We often show a photo in our new staff orientation of the Starkey School in 1952. And uh, in that photo are a couple of people that we still serve today. So they were children in that photo, and we now serve them in their 70s and 80s. As long as we are able to provide what they need, um, we are there for them. In some cases, people need more advanced care. They may end up with nursing care or a different type of of service, but um, they can be with us for a lifetime. How does a person uh, get involved? How does a person become one of your clients or one of your people? Well, um, I get that question often through email, and there is a process in Sedgwick County through, uh, I'll throw out an acronym, our industry has a ton of them. It's called the CDDO. It's the Community Developmental Disability Organization, and that is provided through Sedgwick County. They're actually the entry point, and so they will assess or evaluate um, a person and their needs and then make a determination if they are a good fit, if they have the funding in place that is needed through Medicaid. And at that point, they will um, offer them the buffet of choices, I like to call it, in Sedgwick County. Um, so that can include Starkey. It can include other providers. We do have people who choose Starkey for all of their programs. We also have people who may live in a Starkey apartment but do something different during the day and have case management through a different agency. It really just depends. Uh, uh, so is there a waiting list? Uh, you, 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 I know you're there pretty is. much around 400 people is who you, you help. But is there a waiting list then? Mm-hmm. Uh, there is. There is a waiting list both at the local level and at the state level, and that is an incredibly large waiting list. Uh, that's due to Medicaid funding and uh, not necessarily anything that we can control on the local level. Um, you know, the state has to put forth money to get the match from the federal Medicaid program, and um, so there are people who wait seven or eight years to be approved um, and get the services they need. So one of my questions was, how are you funded? You've just kind of you've given me a partial answer. Mm-hmm. To it. Are mm-hmm. there other, uh, other means uh, for you to receive some funding? There are. Um, the majority of our funding truly is um, Medicaid that flows through the state and through the county to us for our programs. But in addition to that, um, we do receive county funds uh, as part of the mill levy, and we do fundraising. And so you will see um, grants that we apply for and are awarded. You will see different events, fundraising events that we do um, that help supplement our programs. Tell us about your approach. Tell us about helping people take the next step. 
Sure. Um, you know, it looks, it's so different for each individual. So um, one of the success stories that I'm thinking of, a young man named Connor, when he came to us, he uh, was part of our gateway program. And that is intended for people who um, have a co-occurring mental illness in addition to a developmental disability. And so Connor needed um, a lot of intensive staff support. His medications were not quite right at that point in his life. He was struggling um, with uh, various, you know, being out and around people, some paranoia issues. And so a team uh, came together, and that team included his program support people and our psychiatrist that we uh, contract with, his parents, his family, a, a whole wraparound support team. And so by working on medications and getting the right fit, by um, having some volunteer opportunities and some chances for Connor to uh, engage in some very productive activities, over the course of a couple of years, um, he really became what his mom would say, um, her boy, her son that she knew. And, um, you know, she was so relieved to see him kind of back to the the child that she raised. Um, he was relieved to be moving to a less restrictive housing situation here at Starkey to be able to get his job at Carlos O'Kelly's that he really wanted. And he's been there for five, almost six years now, been um, very successful. And, you know, that for him was the next step, just being able to um, kind of get back to where he felt like he felt good about himself and, and able to meet those goals that he had. Um, related to employment and and living. We have another person, and I love to tell this story because literally it is it is helping her to take the next step. She did not ever want to leave her house, go outside of her house. And again, staff who are there supporting her worked with her to um, just take a step out onto the front porch and uh, just walk to the mailbox and back and just, you know, set these small goals that would add up to something big, which in the end for her is being able to just take a walk around the block. Um, so for each person, you know, it's really very individualized and it's a multi-step process and it, it takes time. We are um, willing to be with them on that journey, whatever it looks like, and um, provide the supports that they need. The employment aspect though, is is a big part. It uh, can be a big part of what you do. Um, what what businesses offer employment? You know, quite a few. Oh yes, quite a few here in Wichita. Um, and I'll probably leave someone off the list. I, I <laughs> well. hope I don't. But you know, just to give you a sampling, I mentioned Carlos O'Kelly's. We have restaurants um, that partner with us. We have a person who works at Davis Moore. Um, two different Westlake Ace Hardware locations. We have a person employed at Wesley Medical Center, um, a couple of people at Dillon's and McDonald's, Walmart. Uh, in fact, our, our person at Walmart has been there almost 30 years at this point. So Ooh, it's, wow. it's really, a, we have a lot of long-term relationships. Um, one of the Walgreens stores are... Michelle, who works there, just celebrated her 20th anniversary with them. Um, 
we have a couple of different golf courses, McDonald's Golf Course, Willowbend, um, that employ people that are served through our employment program. And um, it's it's just a matter of an employer giving a chance, giving opening that door and just allowing a person to uh, try it out and prove themselves and, you know, the, the rest of the story writes itself. And, and are you looking for new employers? Always, always, yes. We have um, people who come to us through what's called a discovery process, and they may indicate, hey, I want to work with animals. I want to work in a kitchen. Um, and so we, of course, list their preferences and we're not only looking for places to hire, of course, that's the ultimate goal, but we are looking for um, businesses that would just allow people to do an assessment, to try a job, to see if they like it. Um, all of these are situations where we have a job coach that goes with the person. And so it's not just um, dropping off. Uh, a brand new employee to this business, we we do have the support person that is there with them to help them learn the job and to help them stay successful. You're listening to Issues 2021 on the Odyssey radio stations, and our guest is Jamie Reed, Director of Communications, Starkey, Inc. Uh, tell us about your electronics recycling program. Of course. Well, if you have old computers printers, hard drives, old smartphones in a drawer, any of those things, Starkey can take those off your hands. We have an electronics recycling program that is free to the public, and you can actually bring your items to Starkey and ring a doorbell. Um, We talked about the building at 4500 West Maple. It's a convenient location close to Maple and West. If you drive around to the north side of the building, there's a big garage door, a a doorbell, a big sign. Just ring that and a crew will come unload your vehicle for you. And um, the reason we have this program, we started it 15 years ago to employ the people that we serve to actually take apart um, those electronics and sort the parts for recycling. We work with a local broker, and we sort the parts into, you know, a bin of motherboards and the cords off um, office phones and power cords, various things. And all of those can be recycled. They don't end up in a landfill. It's really a win-win. It gets um, a bunch of stuff out of your house, and it, it provides ongoing work for people here at Starkey. I'm thinking of a hard drive right now at my house where you might be able to Perfect. (laughs) Well, you and Ted will be um, part of our golf classic coming up, so bring it with you and give it to me. Okay, okay. Okay. (laughs) So you you have a lot of people living independently in your facilities. Uh, How do you monitor their, their health and their welfare, their security? Well, in most cases, we have... Um, people, we have staff on site. So there would be someone at the home who is there um, overnight with them. Um, In some situations, however, apartment living, um, even people who live in their own apartment in the community, not a Starkey apartment, we have independent living trainers. So those are people who 
They stop by at specified times during the week. They might check with them, see if they are taking medications. Do they need to do laundry? Can we run to the grocery store and and stock up your fridge? Those types of things. So it it depends on the situation. We we do have a lot of people with um, intensive care needs, and so that type of support requires people to be there and do the kind of health monitoring. Um, other situations, you know, are uh, less urgent in terms of needing the support on site. In fact, um, I remember a, a certain 25-year-old young lady who I interviewed along with her parents for a story, and she was looking forward to moving to our, our Starkey apartments. They're kind of set up dorm style. You go in a a main entrance, and you have an indoor entrance, so pretty safe. And her parents, of course, are turning loose of her for the first time. This will be her first move away from home. Mm. And, you know, they are are saying to her, remember, you can live here as long as you want, always if you want. And she said, you know, I know, I know, Mom and Dad, but I, I want to live with my friends. And so it's kind of that push and pull of, you know, a typical young adult experience, you want to get out into the world on your own, have your own apartment, we make that kind of situation possible for them in a safe way. I believe you have a couple of building projects either underway or recently completed. Can you tell us about that? Yes, we had a Saving Lives capital campaign. And here on the main campus, we, um, thanks to the contributions of our community and our Starkey families and our employees, we were able to raise the money to build a new life enrichment building. That is a program um, that's not employment related, but allows people to uh, do volunteer work, learn to cook, do art therapy, a variety of different um, things. And our building, uh, our old building was built in 1971. So you can imagine it wasn't particularly accessible didn't have the types of restrooms or activity spaces that were needed for a a very large day program. So that was completed during the pandemic, Um, actually stood empty (laughs) because we were pretty much locked down and providing um, day programs out of our homes. And we had just a a fantastic uh, celebration and reunion in April when everyone was able to return to that brand new building. And, uh, you know, the people that it was built for, they love it. They absolutely love it. Um, our gateway program, I mentioned earlier, we are just now finishing up um, the renovation of an existing building for that program. So we have had construction happening for a couple of years on our campus at this point. Tell us a little about your fundraising efforts. You can start with the golf tournament if you want. I know that's a, a, a pretty big deal for you. It is. It is. And it's in its uh, 38th year, and uh, it will be at Crestview. You can find out more at StarkeyGolfClassic.com. It's one of the few events that you can, I think, safely hold during a pandemic because it's outdoors, people are spread out, um, and we feel good about our ability to go ahead and and hold that and kind of gather outdoors safely. Um, It is one of the major fundraisers for Starkey. We also have, we are part of the Cars for Charities, um, 
car show that happens in January at Century 2. And we have an Amber Waves beer walk and tasting tour that happens in May. That has taken a different form the last couple of years. And um, finally, a Sporting Clays event, kind of a new event for us, out at Flint Oak um, each July. And all of those are listed on our website at starkey.org. You can look for events. But but those are so important, uh, both in terms of fundraising for the programs, but also awareness, just getting people connected to our mission and giving them a chance to learn more about us. Now, starkey.org, a good way for people to get involved with you. Maybe they just want to learn more. Maybe they uh, want to help to contribute in some way. Uh, that's the way to do it. Go to the webpage now. That, yes, go to the webpage. Or I love social media as a nonprofit. I really love the connections that we are forming um, through our Facebook and Twitter accounts. People follow us on LinkedIn as well. And, of course, Instagram, which is all about the photos. And believe me, we have plenty of good photos and good um, happenings to share, and we do that routinely. So I encourage people to follow us on social media, too. Jamie, what's the biggest challenge of your job? Um, I would say our, our biggest challenge right now for Starkey has just been keeping people safe in this pandemic and, and figuring out alternative ways to provide services, um, but also on a, on a bigger scale. You know, I think we still have a lot of work to do with community inclusion and just helping people to understand how those we serve can lead um, independent and productive lives and, you know, establishing the partnerships that make those that possible. And uh, for you personally, what's the, what's the biggest payoff in your job, you think? Oh, I love my job. I've been here 24 years. Um, I started as a print journalist, and I love to tell the stories of of people. And I find that here at Starkey, there are so many stories every week um, that I can not only celebrate personally because I'm part of this great organization, but I get to share those with the world and be a part of um, these journeys and these families. It's just really um, gratifying. Well, you uh, you talked about you know having giving your services, helping people out, uh, four hundred people or more, and I'm sure mm-hmm. there are many, many more who would like to be involved. It's uh, too bad you can't get everybody in there under your umbrella. I know, I know. We are we are limited um, in terms of staffing, getting good people to come here and work. And I know everyone is looking for good staff right now. Um, we are sometimes limited by space, but um, believe me, the the growth has been exponential, and I I believe it will only continue to grow. There are kids coming up through the school system who will need our services as adults, and and. We want to be there to provide that for them. All right. You're doing a great job, and we appreciate what you're doing. Uh, thanks for being with us. And uh, as always, uh, one last thing One last thing you want to say before we let, we let you off here? Well, I would just say, first of all, thank you to you for this opportunity to share a little about Starkey. And lastly, we always need volunteers. We need people to um Come be part of our mission. So, again, we mentioned starkey.org. There's a spot on the website for that or social media. Um, Just come check us out. All right. That's a good idea right there. Volunteers. Well, thank you again for being with us. Our guest is Jamie Reed, Director of Communications, Starkey, Inc. 
And that's all for this edition of Issues 2021. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 